Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, our guest is Katie from Katie & Co., a paper and stationery supply store here in Houston. I'm interviewing another small business on what the holiday season means to them. Austin has dropped some awesome new machined metal pencils on his site. Christy's visiting some Texas family, and I got a nice repeat commission. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Christy. What's happening? So what have you guys been up to, Dean? Uh, Man, pretty exciting. You know, right in the middle of the Christmas rush is whenever you like to have uh, someone that hasn't ordered from you in a few years call and ask for a giant order of something. Sweet. So, yeah, the same. Well, LSU, you know, so that's how I paid for my Glowforge was with an order from them. And uh, she just out the blue was like, hey, we've kind of got a need for these. Can you make us another 10 boards by uh, January? January 8th or something. And I said, uh, yeah. And, and we were going through specifics and I'm trying to, I'm like, look, material might've went up and the handles are out of stock everywhere. We'll have to shift to a different style handle. Can you pay a little more? And she was like, let me double check. When she double checked, she's like, yes, we can pay that price. And we want 15 boards oh, instead nice. of 10. And then, nice. so what I did was that was on Thursday that she messaged me on Friday and Saturday. I got people asked for custom boards and i was like look we can do these ingrain you know multi-step cutting boards i said but i'm doing these really nice really bulky uh rustic looking quarter sewn oak boards and i've got the pictures of them from when i did them before i was like no i can get this to you in a week versus the other ones are going to be pushing up on christmas to do a lot i mean with work to do an ingrain board right now it's christmas before i'm done with it Right. And, uh, every single one was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to make 20 of those. I'll probably get them all done this weekend because rustic means I really don't have to worry that much <laughs> about finish, you know? Uh, so I'm just going to run, go buy a bunch of eight foot long boards, run them through the planer once or twice, sand the rest of it, cut them up into pieces and uh, put some oil on them. And uh, I ordered 50 handles today off Amazon. They'll be here Wednesday. So that's a big old chunk of cash out of nowhere that I wasn't expecting. And I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. So are, so the handles are on like the top, like a turn. Yeah. So, um, you know, the first set I did, I was trying to get some gold into them somehow. And I found these really awesome horseshoe kind of shaped handles. They were, it's like a hammered texture. They were just awesome. They look so good on the boards and they've been out of stock ever since I can't find them anywhere. I even looking overseas, can't find them. And so we sh- shifted to what I'm doing is actually just buying drawer pulls, like kitchen drawer oh, yeah. handle pulls. Because the boards are so big. They're 18 by 12. You need something with some size to them. And those drawer pulls have a nice size to them. So I just put one on each side, mount through the bottom, and um, it's good to go. I mean, they're they're for display and serving, but you know it's not a cutting board. Um, it's just decorative. The LSU ones that the whole thing's got a laser engraving on it. I mean, people just, they're displaying this somewhere. And, um, that's pretty neat too, that that was a file I really tussled with the first time I made it. It was a photograph, a cell phone photograph of a mosaic on a floor. And I sat there and just fought with it and fought with it and fought with it until I got it vectorized. But to be able to, this will be the third time I go back to that file, you know, the 40, 50th time I've burned this on something. So it, it's nice when you put some effort in a file like that and you get a real return on it. Yeah. It's nice to be able to reuse that stuff. The other thing um, I, I turned the fiber laser back on this weekend. Keith asked for something and I was like, yeah, man, no problem. Let me just do this now. Get you at the front of the list, knock this out. And so Keith asked for this thing on the fiber laser. I hook it up doesn't work. I'm like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, no. So I spent like two hours Friday afternoon. What happened? Cause I switched computers. I downloaded light burn onto this computer. And so that replaced the driver for the old software to run the laser. So I had to use light burn, which I haven't used it yet. I had just was downloading software on the new computer. Uh, so I'm like, well, I'll go ahead and do this. Well, I had to buy another license because the Galvo laser license was different than the G code license for light burn. So get my license upgraded, get all that figured out. But man, what a difference. The light burn, the interface is so much more intuitive. It makes so much more sense. It was, it's so much easier to work with as far as like setting up your pro- your project and making sure everything looks right. Uh, the only thing I, I don't have any of my settings imported. So I did some 
things this weekend. Uh, actually, something I sent out to one of y'all, and then uh, something for my wife. And the settings I kind of had to play with. I mean, it's a beta run deal, but this is going to be different. This may make the branding irons a real thing. I haven't run brass through it yet. There's just not time right now to do a lot of testing and stuff, but this is going to be different for sure. Cool. What, uh, what does a light burn license cost? So the, I already had a license, but you only get a year worth of up like updates. So I had to pay $30 to reinitiate the license. And I swear I only paid $40 for it when I bought it, maybe even $30, but the Galvo upgrade was 90 bucks. No, that's not too bad. Well, the thing that's going to make it worth it is I'm ready to start doing some cups on that laser. And the Lightburn software has everything programmed in the background to adjust for the change. You know, the cups are the curve. Right. right, this shape, yeah. The curve of the cup and the shape as it goes down, it's also not perfectly um, level. So right, it's Lightburn has all that stuff to correct the taper. And wow. uh, that EasyCAD was, it was fine starting off and it was, it did everything I wanted it. But I'm telling you, like, it was frustrating because you would try those belt buckles by the third one, it would, the program would freeze and crash. And it was just, uh-huh. everything was chunky. It, it didn't, you would try to hatch something and it, it would take four or five minutes and uh, Lightburn went super quick. So the the thing I did this weekend, and obviously they're gifts, that's why I'm not talking specifics, but I did multiples of an item and I literally put one up, ran it, deleted the part that was personalized, typed in the new personalization, hit run again, and knocked and did two of the items with the same in that easy cad, it would have been a, a disaster trying to because once yeah. it's hatched, you can't edit it anymore. But mm. Lightburn it let me do that. That's cool. Yeah, nice. I'm sure Lightburn's set up for more of a production kind of setup. Yeah, it, it was a big jump forward. That's cool. What have you been up to, Austin? And I, I'm pretty sure. So I hope everybody, this is entertaining to everybody, just watching me slowly die on this podcast, like just continually <laughs> getting sick and more and more sick. It's, uh, man, it has been rough. But today is my first day where I put in like a legit work day. So, Hopefully I'm on the mend here. I know I don't sound like it, but I'm, I'm trying to get out of this. You know, of all the statistics that I've tracked since the beginning, I really kind of wish now I would have tracked <laughs> your health <laughs> and the health of your family Yeah, because it seems like, ah, I don't know. I, I, maybe Dean and I have, have caused some, uh, some problems in your life. I don't, I don't know. know. I've been sick more since knowing Austin than the 10 years before I ever talked to him. Yeah. I've not been sick. I better not say yeah, that. You better Knock on just wood. be happy Ooh. about it. But yeah, besides that, I've just been rocking on pens, man. I made, uh, did you guys see those carpenter pencil, the two millimeter with the built-in sharpeners that I did? No. I did like, I did I, I, When one. were they on? I did one as a, um, like a test sample. Did you see did you that put on stories or Instagram? Oh, like wow. That's rare. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the big old chunky lead oh, and then wow. you pull the back out. Oops. To sharpen it, yeah, and then Old they spin school. that around and sharpens. And it's got the big eraser on the back, so I'm getting ready to drop these tomorrow, which would be you know a week ago for this podcast. But so I have I have ten of them that will drop tomorrow, and I'm hoping all ten will go right away. That would be a great, yeah, for real, a great a great thing. So, but I've been working my butt off trying to machine. Cause it's not just, it's copper, brass, aluminum, and then a bunch of different style color options in the hardware. So there's, it's a lot, it was a lot to organize just getting 10 of them together. They look great. Thanks. What are you been up to Christy? Um, well, let's see. I was on, uh, the maker conversations podcast with Tiff and I think it'll, I think by the time this episode airs, it will have played. So I appreciate her inviting me on. Um, and then this past weekend, we went down to Texas to uh, Christmas on Marvin's side of the family. Oh, nice. And you guys uh, saw my little chit chat. My my brother-in-law, Marvin's brother-in-law, he um, he's in the aircraft world. And uh, he is one of those people that is so talented at whatever he does. It's just it like just drips out of his fingers, you know? (laughs) And so he was the specific projects he was showing that we were kind of talking about stuff. He does a lot of welding and um, he was using old 
parts of old aircraft and turning it into different types of, of tables or displays or bars and stuff. Cause I know he's, um, I kind of lost track of which clients he was talking about, but one of the really long bars that he was taking uh, and they're in Texas and these are going to New York, to New York city. And so it's the side of an old aircraft. So it's got all of the dings and bangs and all the numbers and all that kind of stuff in there and then covered up with glass. And it's like 11 feet long or something. So unfortunately he had to cut the glass because the glass is too long to get into the freight elevator. So it's two pieces as opposed to one. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, just because something will fit in a spot. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to fit getting to that. Yeah, right. Um, but then he all, and then he had a client also that makes uh, military uniforms and does a lot with vintage military uniforms. So they were wanting some display tables with um, the engine cowling of a T6 Texan aircraft, which was, I mean, it's it such a niche that, I mean, it's just like, man, this, and this is totally just a side hustle hobby of his because he's got a regular a regular business where they do custom insides for uh high-end aircraft so it it was just great to ha- you know to be able to chit chat with him and look at his project and his, his welding is just amazing and i'm like dang i wish he lived closer because i would totally be over there on his hip learning how to weld <laughs> you know a welding uh hole i've been going down on instagram is the one where they're at the welding school and he's like, so how much do you think I'd pay you? And it's, so it's all the welding students showing their welds and then the right. teachers telling them oh. what he would pay them for the quality of the welds. I love those videos because yeah. I'm always I like, guess I'm like 1650 and everything. He always puts 50 <laughs> cents on it or whatever. But, uh, they're, they're pretty fun videos. But yeah, we had a great time. I picked, uh, we ran by um, Tandy cause there's a Tandy down there. And uh, Was it I picked in Dallas, some- Fort Worth. Dallas. They are, uh, they're in Corsicana. So South of Dallas. And uh, so we stopped by the Tandy and grabbed um, some supplies for making a belt. And because I'm I'm in theory going to make this for the, my family gift exchange, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have time between now and in two weeks or less than two weeks now to have it done. So I might end up with myself a nice custom belt. (laughs) Is it like Yankee swap or is the gift for someone specifically? It's uh the white elephant or not yeah. the white elephant. It's the it's dirty Santa. Dirty I think Santa. is what it's referred to as. Yeah, because you know I really liked um, three D printing, you know, personalized to deboss on oh on right, a belt, but it'd be cutting it close. Shit, I don't even know if either of my three D printers are working right now. Um, yeah, I, I'll be doing good to get a basic basic stamping in on it just to get it done. I and see then Marvin I'll take do this- it. Just put the radio on. Put him in the corner. <laughs> Let him go yeah. to town. Look, I'll tell you something. Speaking of put him in the corner, let her go to town. Kristen bought these shoes, a lot leather shoes. And it was one of those things where you buy something because it's on sale, but you really didn't even want them. And so <laughs> yeah. they're black leather shoes, but the top of the shoe is white. So it's like a slip on, I guess. I don't oh, know right. if Mary Jane's the right word for it, but it's white on top and then black around the sides. And she's like, I'm never going to wear these shoes. Why did I buy these? And so she kept talking about dyeing her shoes. And you'd think that'd be something I'm all yeah. about. And I'm like, I ain't messing with that because then they get messed up. It's going to be my fault. And I'm not, I'm like, you got to take the wax off the outside. Then how do you know that your color is going to cover up their color? I mean, I don't know the way those shoes were dyed. And then is this the first pair of pants that gets ruined? Cause the dye gets on I'm like, I ain't messing with that. Oh, and yeah. uh, well, so I come outside this weekend. She's out there with her shoes. She bought some deglazer had deglazed them, is dyeing them. And then she did two coats and was like, what do you think? I was like, honestly, I think it looks pretty good. If you take just like a light pass and get all straight strokes, like instead of, you know, she was trying right. to get full, just get straight strokes. Um, and I would even go around the part that was already black to at least kind of get the colors muddled together. And they still were kind of, yeah. And then she, I had some boot wax and she waxed them. And they look really good after she put some wax on them. So um, I was pretty proud of her. You know, put her in the corner, let her do her little craft, and it came out pretty good. Record. And it's starting now. 
Tonight, I am joined by my friend, Katie, from <laughs> Katie & Co. Katie, why don't you tell the listeners a little about yourself and your company? I My name is Katie Hackadorn, and I have a stationery shop in Houston called Katie & Company. Um, we have been in business for 14 years. Wow. And we do all sorts of like printed paper goods, primarily wedding invitations, save the dates, personalized stationery, um, party invitations, printed cups, napkins, anything you can put a monogram on, we can print it. So a little housekeeping. In order to get Katie out here, I had to promise tacos and margaritas. Uh, so we are at a Mexican restaurant on a busy street. You may hear uh, us get mugged at some point. You may hear some ambulances. I'll do my best. I don't know if I'll be able to get the music out the background, but that's what's going on. So my first question, Katie, paper. Why paper? What is it about paper? I... I have always had, well, first of all, my mom always made me write a thank you note for everything. Mm -hmm. I always had stuff with my name printed on it. I found, um, so my first name is actually Kathleen, but I've always gone by Katie. The only person that calls me Kathleen is my dad. But I found a few years ago when I moved some little teeny tiny enclosure cards, which is like a, you know, a gift tag that said Kathleen Hackadorn. And it was this little teeny tiny size, like smaller than a standard business card, which is a typical size that you have. They're different sizes based on your age or your station in life. Okay. And so these were from when no, I was when a you child. When have more to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was a tiny child. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's something I've always been interested in. My, um, my mom always monogrammed everything. Our names, you know, we, our names were on everything we owned. Um, I don't know. I just, I have always liked paper. And out of college, I got a job at a stationery store here. Okay. And so I did that for a while and learned a little bit more about like the specifics of it. Oh, wow. That's and awesome then, to take that jump from yes. working somewhere to saying I could do this. So I worked at that store, which was a great store for a long time. And then I got hired away to work at a different store doing the same thing. And the lady that owned that one was terrible. And so... From that point, I was like, okay, I can't work for you anymore, but I could do this on my own. <laughs> it's so crazy. There's so many facets to owning a business or running a business. And right, you could be good at some things, but you're just bad at being a boss. And right. it really derails things. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do with these one-on-one -on -one small business interviews is talk about the Christmas season and what the holiday season means to your business. Mm -hmm. So what does the holiday season mean to Katie & Co.? We do, I mean, business obviously increases because we do, in addition to our normal wedding business, we do Christmas cards and gifts and stuff like that. Um, so it's definitely a very busy time of year. We also address envelopes and sure. Christmas cards. We mail Christmas cards. Like we have already at this point mailed, I know last, on Monday I mailed 400 Christmas cards for a customer. So I, I mean, we're constantly doing that person needs fewer friends, addressing envelopes, stamping, uh, you know, mailing all that kind of stuff. Um, we do, we just print the envelopes for, we don't do the cards for like one of the owners of one of the major professional teams in town. So next week I have to print 690 envelopes and, oh wow, you know, so it's, it's that kind of stuff. In addition to, the weddings that we have regular, I mean, being in Houston, people don't get married in the summer. They get married in the fall and in the winter. And so. So this is still wedding it season. Is, it's very much so. Like we had two weddings today. I think we have three next weekend. Oh, wow. We have, we had three last weekend. So we have all of that kind of stuff and just the Christmas stuff on top of it. That's interesting because I always thought people in the South didn't get married during hunting season. Right. So you can't get married when it's hot. You can't get married when right. your sports teams are playing. Yeah. And you can't. That's yeah, you definitely have to look at the schedule, the football schedules when you're uh, choosing that date. But mm -hmm. so what do y'all do at Katie and Co to prepare for this time of year where you have the wedding crunch and the holiday crunch? Mm. Try to take lots of naps up to that <laughs> in the summer, I guess. Um, I don't know. I this sounds terrible, but I have become kind of grinchy about Christmas personally. So that's a common theme I'm I am running into perpetually in December, like grouchy because I'm busy and I'm tired and I am 
maybe on occasion hungover and I and then people are being unreasonable on top right. of that towards me and I I don't know that's it's hard to you know I think that's going to resonate with the people <laughs> who listen to this yeah. because they're all crunch for gifts yes. you've got last minute 100%. personalization mm-hmm. requests you're in your shop not I mean I took a shower to come do this and I'm going to go right back <laughs> into my shop well, and Christmas is on the same day every year, so it's not like the it's not like the timing of it, it changes. Surprise, Everybody yeah. knows when it is. Yeah, you you know, and just because you don't have your addresses together, that's not necessarily my problem. But ultimately, it is my problem because I <laughs> <laughs> have to complete your job. But I try to do it with a smile. But sometimes it's hard. I had this question down too. As a business owner, how do you find time for yourself during this busy season? I, many years ago, we were open six days a week. We were just close on Sundays. And many years ago, I kind of just was on the verge of some burnout. And I decided to close on Mondays, which a lot of people, especially in the wedding industry, do. Like wedding planners and a lot of those people don't work on Mondays because you just worked all weekend. The restaurant hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so... um, Closing on Mondays has helped quite a bit. I mean, I go up there a lot on Mondays, but it's it's okay to me to work when it's quiet and the phone's not ringing and I just try to scratch stuff off the list um, by myself and on my own time. Um, but I do, you know, try to go home before nine if I can. You nine know, if o'clock, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard sometimes. You said something scratch off the list. Something I struggle with is staying organized. Mm-hmm. How do you stay organized with all the different orders coming in and deadlines mm-hmm. and stuff like that? We have a log book where we log all the orders that we have. We have a, one of those big desk calendars where we write stuff on it. Like when we take a wedding order, we write the wedding date on the calendar, like such and such is wedding. Um, we try to keep track of a lot of it on that calendar. Both me and my coworker are very kind of visual list maker, scratch it off kind of people. And so that big, huge desk counter on the calendar on the counter is a nice visual. You but know, again, we write on there approach. a paper approach. Yeah. I don't keep any notes or anything in my phone. I I like to write it all down. There's nothing wrong with that. It helps me remember it better. And I mean, I guess I am just kind of visual. I, you know. If I can see it in my head, I... Yeah, you see a lot of writing on a day, you know, yeah. busy that day. Exactly. Do your hours, staffing, or inventory change with the seasons? No. Um, some other stores that I've worked, like, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you'd be open an hour later every day, or maybe you'd also be open on Sundays. Um, but I've never really f- had the need to do that. I think that... My shop is not really necessarily in a place where there's foot traffic. Sure. Like there aren't really shoppers just like right. strolling around and going to walk in. Um, it's fairly like appointment shopping. You know, people are coming in on purpose or destination shopping or whatever. So I don't think we we don't open on holidays. And, you know, I mean, we kind of keep our regular hours because I think it's for the most part OK with people. One summer, we shortened our hours a little bit because summers are slower, but in general, try to keep them the same. I think something our listeners will be interested in is you have a brick and mortar storefront. Mm-hmm. How does that play into what Katie & Co. is, having a physical location? It's a major part of it, I think, because with especially wedding invitations, um, I think People really value the touch and the feel and the look and how thick is the paper and the what can you feel the printing and all that kind of stuff. And I know that they like to see <laughs> it was that an ambulance, stuff. not the police. It was just an ambulance. <laughs> they like to see that stuff in person. Sure. Um, and I mean, many times we have had customers that ordered something online and they got it and they didn't like it. And so they've we've reprinted it for them basically um i also know and this is a personal pet peeve but etiquette wise like addressing envelopes and even what gets printed on an invitation there are certain rules or rules of thumb or whatever and 
with a lot of those online vendors, you're not getting any guidance or any sure. help. And so you just submit what you think is supposed to be on there yeah, and then it comes out you looking like have serifs or not exactly yes and nobody's telling you that you don't capitalize guest on the envelope or what you know i mean stuff like that that i think that the one-on-one -on -one service people value and need so if you're putting out a christmas card and you're putting an, an s on the end of the name exactly how many people put apostrophes uh -huh. on there a lot of them and that's annoying like the duplantises yeah how many you s's have a tricky one yeah. yeah i got uh -huh. an s at the end <laughs> now everybody knows my last name thanks Sorry. Katie. Whoops. <laughs> um i want to ask you what is online and social media done to your business because i know you have a website and i know you have an instagram i i my website does not have e-commerce. I am like very behind the times on that. But again, I think most of our business is kind of one-on-one -on -one stuff and not necessarily order online. I mean, we have plenty of stuff in the store that if you wanted to buy it, we could ship it to you. It's just not been a priority, um, but it needs to be. I just, I need to, you know, work on that. I mean, I'd certainly like to sell more stuff, which that would help, but I also just need, I don't know anything about the website. Yeah, I don't have a aspect website. of it. And I need somebody that does to take that over for me. So we'll see. Social media is huge because it's an easy way to, I feel like it almost serves as Instagram, serves as a website for me sure. in a little bit ways because that's why we can share updated stuff. It's kind of like your marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do any other marketing or advertising? Uh, I'm in the junior league and we have a magazine and so I usually advertise with them. I don't know if that does anything for my business, <laughs> <laughs> but I do it. Um, a long time ago, we used to advertise in some of the bridal magazines, but it's that's advertising, paid advertising, like print media has gotten so expensive. Sure. And it's hard to quantify. It's hard to know, is this doing anything for me? So cut it out. Going back to your store, you talked about you had other items there. What are some of the other items you have besides mm -hmm. paper products? We sell, we have some candles. We sell, which I know you're a fan of the Gooder sunglasses. Yep. We sell those. We got a small but mighty fan base for those. Um, a lot of notepads. We sell some styrofoam and some shutterproof cups that are already sleeved that are like you know, themes. I want to ask about those. Where uh -huh. do you buy the themes? Are you coming up with the themes or the company, the vendor that we use for those has them already. And you just pick the ones that you okay. want. Uh -huh. um, we, we can also create them. We have, we've, you know, come up with some of our own things and created them, but yes, we bought some of those during COVID that said driveway drinking on yeah, them. Yeah. And so when we'd have people over, we would, mm -hmm. you know, break out the driveway drinking cups. Mm -hmm. I think we bought some go themed ones too. I don't remember exactly what they say. The go cups had a, oh, so they were probably just go cups. It yeah. had a fleur de lis on it maybe or something yeah. too, but yes. Um, what else? We have cocktail napkins, calendars, journals, that kind of stuff, which is mostly paper related. But when I talk to small business owners, they have a defined approach on sales and discounts. Mm -hmm. Do y'all do any Black Friday or any kind of sales stuff? Not really. We participate. We have vendors that have promotions sometimes that we take part in, but not really any of the, you know, we're not like a Black Friday destination. Sure. Or, so not so much. Yeah, I think Black Friday is not made for the small business. Not I, at all. I feel so bad. I, for I my, close that day. I mean, we just yeah. take Thursday and Friday for the holiday off and then we'll regroup for Saturday because people are doing other stuff on Friday. I feel so bad for my maker friends that run discounts and stuff trying to get in in the feeding frenzy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how big are your margins possibly? Right. And you're giving that away. I yeah. mean, I guess it works for some people. Yeah. Um, Speaking of supply and demand, does supply and demand put a strain on your business at this time of year? Not as much this time of year. I think most of our vendors prepare for it pretty well. It has been an issue over the last couple of years, just in general, um, with certain papers and stuff that are harder to get or have been discontinued and that sort of thing. But it hadn't, I mean, it hadn't had a dramatic effect on us but we have been affected by a little bit when i think of the holidays and i think of paper i think about gift wrap mm -hmm. i think about 
ribbons and bows. Yep. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? We don't do actual gift wrapping. We tried that back in the day, and that's hard Too if you work. don't have... 15 child labors. Yes, and okay. a space like in the back where you can go and do it and the person's not standing over you watching you while you do it because that's not fun. We sell a lot of gift wrap and um, I have these cool little wooden spools that I've <laughs> <laughs> put ribbon on to, to sell, which I really like. So how does that work? Like, how does the gift wrap you have differ from what I could get at Target? Um, it's more expensive. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so that makes it better. Yeah. Most of it is produced by vendors that we have that do some of our other stuff also. Like, so that so they specialize in paper kind of stuff. Um, one of the, two of the vendors that we use that we sell their wrap are out of Dallas. I mean, we like things that are local-ish. Local yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. High quality. Well, how do you find new products? Do you rely on vendors to come to you or are there trade shows or? We have sales reps that um, come in if they need to. I usually go to market in Dallas in January. Um, there is, used to be the National Stationery Show in New York in May, but they've moved that now. So it's partnered with a gift show and now it's in February and August also in New York. And so I'm going to go to that in February. Um, market for anybody that's ever been is or that's never been rather is like a, I mean the Dallas market center or whatever it's called. It's like a big mall kind of, you know, like it has showrooms and you go into a showroom and the showroom carries 20 different lines or whatever. Yeah. The stationary show in New York is more like a trade show where each company has their own booth and so you're going up to those booths individually it's a little bit different to shop in the two different ways but i mean some of our favorite vendors we found at the show in new york just like you kind of have an idea of what some things you might be looking for and you search them out or you accidentally think oh look this is cool we could sell this does the paper industry have any kind of community where other stores like yourself in other parts of the country are like, hey, Katie, I came across this product. It's really hot. I, one of the ladies that organized this group that I was in has since retired. So the group has kind of disbanded, but I somehow got into a group that we called like stationary profits or something was our email. You know, we had a, 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 um, a group where we emailed stuff back for questions and stuff like that. And it was store owners from all over the country, people that had met each other at shows and things like that. And that was kind of, it was invaluable to me to just hear other people having the same problems and sure. think, how did you solve that? Or what do you do for this? Or who did you find? You know, what other lines do you, you know? Um, Is that still going on? No. You I think mean, they I moved to Facebook and you didn't get the invite? The, <laughs> no, I'm in the Facebook group, but I can't remember who the the person that organized it or started it. She went to do something else. And so it just kind of disbanded. Um, but I do, I have met some other store owners in other places. And I, you know, it's kind of a nice support group. <laughs> Talk about Christmas, we've talked about weddings. Are there other holidays that are big in the paper industry? Mm, not really. I mean, I would say wedding. There's so much more paper stuff involved with weddings than sure. there used to be. I mean, I've been working in this industry for over 20 years. And I would say this 75% of the stuff that we do and print for weddings now we weren't doing 15 years ago. Like signage and yeah so much more of like Banners a branding kind sure. of thing whereas it used to just be an invitation and a program and maybe a place card um so yeah do you see any of those items bleeding over into other events i mean birthdays or the other fake holidays like mother's day we and father's do day all sorts of signage for baby showers. Baby and, showers, you yeah. Know, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Who doesn't need a foam core sign for their baby shower? Right. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone needs one. <laughs> right. What is your shipping, or oh, I know you say you didn't do a lot of shipping, but what does mm -hmm. your shipping and order fulfillment team look like? Hmm. 
We don't really, like, most of the wedding invitations and things that we order from other vendors get shipped from those vendors to us. We aren't shipping out a whole lot of it ourselves. Yeah. So, so it's all drop ship kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or most of the, I mean, people, it comes to us and they come in and pick it up. Um, so we don't really do a ton of shipping. Every once in a while, I get a random request. Somebody sees it, and this has kind of surprised me, but several times on Instagram, somebody has somehow, somebody in Tennessee follows me and sees that I have such and such and they want to buy it. And so they call and I'll ship it to them. But yeah. it's bizarre that way. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So at the end here, I want to ask you, you know, in your opinion, why should people come into a store mm -hmm. to buy gifts or to buy products mm -hmm. versus ordering it off the internet where they don't have to put clothes on? I shouldn't, I mean, I can't disparage ordering off the internet because I do it all day long. But if it were something like a wedding invitation that requires some more thought or some more, like some input of, you know, I, there's an etiquette involved in wording and stuff like that. You most people need the help. Um, yeah. And both me and my co my coworker have done this for a long time. I mean, we can, you know, have answers to questions that people didn't even know that they had. So sometimes it goes beyond the choices to the actual handholding or advice or someone sitting Absolutely. there telling you you're doing right or Absolutely. you're doing wrong. Or this is not going to look good with this because we've tried it before and it didn't work. So what's the ugliest color combination you've ever had a wedding party come in and try to use? Black and hot pink. Oh, I thought you were going to say maroon and, and white. Uh, maroon's not my favorite, but don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> Black and hot pink? Yeah. Are they getting married in Vegas? Um, maybe. <laughs> One thing in the maker community that's big is like sticker swaps mm -hmm. or any kind of personalization for your packaging to let, you know, just make it extra special for right. people. You know, what's the economics look like for someone to come in and say, I want to get a hundred uh, personalized pieces of stationery or, you know, something I want brown recycled looking craft paper. And I mm -hmm. want, a, uh, I guess I'll, yeah, I want to get it printed out outside. And then I, you know, I want it this shape. Yeah. What, what's the process for something like that? Well, there are basically, let's see, there's digital printing, offset printing. Both of those are flat. Digital printing is done on like a, you know, basically a laser printer, a copier, basically multicolored. Um, letterpress, engraving, thermography, all foil stamping, all of those types of printing would determine price for oil what stamping. you're stamping uh -huh. oh that's something oil stamping which is just like all of those stamping on leather yeah um, heat and, uh -huh. it's just i don't have that machine you mm -hmm. know we what, had something one like a that while cost? i want to get a hundred oh. things with my name on it um so thermography which is like a raised print which is basically like it's flat printed and then they put that like a, that resin on it it's like that sure. embossing stuff okay put the resin on it run it through a heating source and it kind of bubbles up so sure. it, it makes it raised um that you're probably looking at maybe 150 dollars for 100 note cards okay dollar 50 each mm -hmm. what's the cool paper product that if you're not in the paper world you don't know that stationary stores i mean is it the the signage at the baby showers i mean what's the thing <laughs> if I'm, i haven't been married in a decade mm -hmm. what's the thing that's out now that i don't even know about Oh, well, maybe there's a lot of acrylic, okay. a lot of acrylic signage, like um, table numbers, like a clear piece of acrylic that has a gold vinyl number attached to it or something. Um, we did a welcome sign and a seating chart for a wedding this weekend on a black matte acrylic that was very cool looking. And the the seating chart, you know, that vinyl, they just like peel it off. And so the seating chart has all these little bitty letters on it. And so they don't like to have to peel Weed all, that all of yeah. the things off of the middles of the A's. Um, so that was actually printed on, which I have no idea how that's done, but it looks really cool. On that, acrylic? Mm -hmm. Probably lasered. So I would say that, I would say probably the acrylic stuff, because there's kind of a lot you can do with it. How much in the paper world is single use? Like you made these things for the wedding. That's the one time they'll be used. Or is there anything that you rent out and then you reuse over and over? 
We rent out like some of those acrylic table numbers, like acrylic holders for place cards and stuff like that. We do rent out some of that kind of stuff, frame, some acrylic frames. People put stuff in menus and stuff. Um, but most of it's, you know, we do try to advise people like, you know, if somebody has 200 people coming to their wedding and they think they need 200 programs, we're like, no, not everybody needs a program. You're going to end up with a million left over if you oh, try to cool. give everybody a program. Yeah. So let's do like 125. <laughs> um, so try not to be too wasteful. We like to do this thing where we ask our guests, if you were to start over, what three tools would you take with you? So if you were to start a new Katie and Co. location, mm -hmm. what are the three things that you'd make sure you had to start? Oh, gosh. You as a tool person could appreciate this. We have acquired all sorts of like paper cutters and scorers sure. and um, oh, die cut machines and stuff that I never knew existed maybe until, you know, in the last 10 years or so. Oh, a double-sided tape gun is the best invention on the planet. Okay. So all of those what sorts of things. What do you do with a double-sided tape gun? You adhere photos to oh, a card okay. yeah. and you seal envelopes. You don't have to lick them. Oh, so you put it on the inside and then fold it closed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's, I have, my sister got married in 2008 and that was the first time I bought one was to put these, wrap these bands around her invitations and glue them shut. And I have since had probably five more of them. So. You talk about the die cutter. So uh, Katie and I did a candle making class at Twisted Arrow, who was our guest last week. And, uh, I brought her candle and that little piece of cardboard or it's craft mm -hmm, paper. Mm -hmm. I cut that with a circle cutter uh -huh. and I ruined the first six trying to figure out the blade depth <laughs> uh -huh. to get uh, to get it to oh, cut right. Oh, one of those things that yeah, you, like yeah, you hold yeah, down yeah. and then you yes, spin to yes. cut a perfect circle. I have one of those. And the whole time I was like, I have a laser that could just do this. Why uh -huh. am I trying to do this by hand? But I wanted to use this this cutter. I wanted yeah. to see how it worked. You need to, I need, I have a die cutter with these trays that you roll through there that is really awesome that we like what kind lot. of shapes does it cut um we use it a lot for place cards so it'll take an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and it'll cut it into four little ones and oh. it scores it at the same time so to they fold, fold. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. AccuCut AccuCut. is the yeah and so you buy different plates or dies or whatever um and you can have them custom made to whatever you want yeah it's really cool and we've used that a lot they market them to teachers a lot but we have this segment we call this or that where mm -hmm. we give the guest a few options and just kind of feel them out what they like best when it comes to weddings do you like being a guest or do you like being part of the process and you know providing materials and things of that nature part of the uh, the printer okay yeah <laughs> is that because you get paid or you just enjoy seeing that come together i don't love to dress up okay i'm with you <laughs> I hate any day that okay. I hate any day that someone's more important than me. Right. <laughs> um, okay. The other thing I wanted to ask you, if uh, I have trouble decorating, hold on one second. We take our picture. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> pretend like we're still talking though. Okay. So I'm one of these people that my house is not decorated at all, even though I can make all these things. Yeah. Are you so you make people's weddings beautiful? Would you rather make someone else's stuff look really nice or work on your own space and your own personal things? Ooh, thank, thank you. you. Oh, no problem. Thanks. I just moved two years ago and yeah, yeah I'm we're finished. all done. Thank, thank you. you. Um, and I would say I pretty in short order had my house kind of decorated. Yeah. Um, because I like to do that kind of stuff. Now I'm not married and I've never been married, so I don't know would I be a nightmare getting married trying to decide all the different things or I don't know. <laughs> I don't think guys a really lot. give a shit. Like I will I don't care. There's some things Kristen asked for and I'm like, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff, I'm like, just whatever, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Uh, it's funny. So Katie and I are obviously friends and she always has these really neat requests. And I've gotten good at saying no on things I can't do. But a lot of stuff I make, I'm like, God, I should do another five or six for me. Uh -huh. um, we did these hat hooks that uh -huh. we talked about before we started recording. I really like. All right. And last this or that, if you had to go into a different branch of the wedding industry, would you rather be a wedding DJ or a wedding photographer? <laughs> I would probably be better at the photographer thing for sure. Um, talking on the microphone is not my forte. Oh, you're doing great though. <laughs> All 
All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up with that. Katie, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your company mm-hmm. and if they want to follow along. We are Katie and Company in Houston, Texas. On Instagram, we're Katie and Co. Houston. Uh, my website is katie-co.com. And Facebook, I think it's Katie and Company, maybe. It's K-A-T-I-E. Um, so... All right. Well, thank you so much, Katie, and good luck with the holiday season and wedding season. (laughs) Thank you. We would like to take a minute here to thank our patrons over at patreon.com. They get an extra special little segment we release every week. Uh, If you'd like to hear that segment and support the podcast, we'd appreciate your support over at Patreon. At the top tier, we have Marion Ward from the Creative Ward Gallery, Vincent Ferrari from Handmade by Vincent Ferrari. Justin from Bear Make It, Scott Orm from Dad It Yourself, Matt from Artigiano Sorio, and Marcel Este. Middle tier, we have Tony Langer from Langer Works, Brennan McDonough from McDonough Designs, Susan Duplantis from Hearth and Garden Art, and Maritime Knife Supply. And then on our other tier, we have Jacob from Griffin Makes, Jake from Other Dog Designs, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Eric from Overall Maker Works, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Dave Bauer, Caitlin Landrino, Morley Kurt, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, The Grand Alexander, Jen Griffin, The Black Sheep, Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks, and Makeshift Podcast. Thank you so much to everybody who supports us. You help us keep going on. So after you talk to Katie, and her business is kind of a niche business, kind of a... Yeah. A uh, traditional business, as as well as mine, you know, with a writing implement that and uses the same thing as hers, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about like the lifespan of the things we ivory. make. Ebony ink and ivory paper. That's right. We should get together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and not only that, but like you know, how long a style can last, or the or the practicality of something, or or you know, something like that. Yeah, Christy and I were talking earlier, like. I want to get into bowls. I like turning bowls so much, but it's like, who the hell uses wood bowls? Nobody uses them to eat out of really maybe (laughs) a salad bowl, but it's so hard to wash and clean when you can just get a plastic bowl. So decorative maybe. And it kind of got me thinking about a lot of the stuff I make, you know, what's the practicality of a lot of the things I make Uh, right now. I mean, I've been making a lot of these stamps and that works until, I don't know, they come up with some kind of printer or some kind of laser gun that they just scan over it. I mean, things like that. Technology changes so rapidly. You look at the things you make now and in the balance, you go, what am I still going to be making? What expertise am I building up to carry on? And what expertise am I building up to just disappear? Um, but, you know, I think yeah. about our guest list. We've had guests that make beds and things like that in the traditional sense. So, Maybe there's always a market for traditional items or things that we remember from when we were younger. Well, and I think the key with a niche is to find your people. I am her people. (laughs) I love paper, stationery, pens, all of that kind of stuff. So I think the key is to is to keep in front of those that are going to continue to use that kind of thing, because, you know, now I'm not necessarily one to write a letter on a regular basis and mail it in the mail, but, um, yeah, I do love me a good, I good guarantee you that supplies. I write more letters than anybody. <laughs> oh, that's true. And that's true. So, yeah. With all your orders. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I am the same way. Like anytime that I go into a store and there's like a nice sketchbook, I buy it. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you how many stacks of sketchbooks I have on my uh, like bookshelf that have never even been opened. But it's like, I don't know what it is. It's just like I always wanted a nice sketchbook when I was young and then I never got one. Like I would always just draw on like my school notebooks. And now I don't draw. Why? But I keep buying them. I was in a meeting today and I have just one of these, you know, it's spiral bound, but it's just one of these like white lined. Secretary's tablet is what I refer to them as. Yeah. And I'm looking around the table and everyone else at the table has a black leather bound, you know, really nice stationary book that they're taking notes in. And I'm like, you know, even in an office where everything is so digitized, everyone still brings, you're not typing on your computer to take notes in a meeting, You bring a notebook and you write notes and then you type them up later. And I don't know how long that'll be prevalent, but there's still things like that. Or, you know, I was thinking about, uh, Christmas cards. 
I don't want you to email me a Christmas card. Like I want to get a Christmas card in the mail. Um, I, I guess that industry's kind of at the risk for these companies where you can go online and order them versus, you know, a local store. But that's still something I don't see that ever really going away. The mailed Christmas card, as long as things are getting mailed. Yeah. Especially with, you know, you would think that people would be getting over like the, the joy of getting something in the mail, but shit, I check my mail every day and I'm so sad when I get nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially I'm when always like just making hoping, our way ornament swap. I'm always just hoping there's no IRS thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I open it with like a one eye shut. I'm like, that's my technique. <laughs> like, come on, baby. You know, but, <laughs> um, but the, uh, I have a thing. Like if I, if I type something in my phone or I type it on a computer, I will not remember it. But if I write right. it down, I'll never need to look at the list again. I'll remember me writing it down. Like it's something in my brain. That's true. I have so many online lists. I use, um, I, I write it, everything in a notebook and I type it up when I get back to my desk and I still look at my notebook. I don't even look yeah. at the OneNote file that I keep running. That's what drives me nuts at our office because they're wanting everything to be in the system, on the calendar. And I'm just like, on the calendar does me no good. On my tablet, setting just to the right of my keypad and my mouse, that is what keeps me on track. And I'm just because I'm a I'm a write it down person and I'm a journal person. I do bullet journals. I've done them for years now. I've got my previous ones up here. I keep track of everything in there. And I actually today my new one arrived and it's one that I ordered that was exactly like the one I had last year because I really liked it. But yeah, I'm a write everything down kind of person on paper. Well, let's shift it back into the workshop. You know, another life cycle span of things comes to just like how many cutting boards do my family and friends need? You know, eventually the things that you're making all the time, the people that you give things to, they've got them all. So at, at what point are you just not making things anymore because you have nobody to give this stuff to anymore? Yeah, I don't yeah, make shit for I don't, any, I don't have any friends, so. I just make shit to sell to strangers. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good technique. I don't like wood cutting boards. I know that's terrible. They're beautiful. I've got a Plastic's couple. Plastic's so easy to clean. Exactly. Wood, if I oh. can't stick it in the dishwasher, I'm on a struggle bus if I can't put it in the in the dishwasher. I cut an apple up the other day and it tasted like an onion. And I asked my wife, what was the last time she, like, what was the last thing you used this cutting board for? And she's like, oh, when I made dinner the other night and cut up those onions. I was like, of course. <laughs> You can wash it. You know, I know. Like, well, you think. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. I guess she's worried about it uh, going bad or something. I don't know. Yeah, I use the uh, I use the cheap bamboo cutting boards from IKEA, yeah. but uh, I wish I had like a big thick walnut, like three or or three and a half inch thick, because I hate bending over at the counter. <clears throat> oh, you need it lifted up too. You. I've got one I made for a big guy, and we put one one inch maybe even inch and a half feet on the bottom of the cutting board yeah that would work i just uh i hate bending over at the damn count like i don't know what it is like when i'm doing like pulled pork and i'm sitting there shredding pork forever by the end i get i we i call it shrimp back you know where you're like you're constantly hunched over and then oh, your, yeah. your back is killing you and uh i would love to have that higher in fact the next time i build a kitchen i don't give a shit about whoever lives here i'm building it three <laughs> inches higher than the standard yeah, so well, I know Marvin's had projects like that. And uh, bend over. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. What were you saying about Marvin? <laughs> I was just going to say, I know there's been project, there's been uh, custom kitchen remodels or bathroom remodels where it's been specific a couple inches higher or a few inches higher or shorter for clients. Yeah. I don't, so. The only thing you run into issues with is like your stove. You know, like it's true. They, yeah. they tend to be at a stock height and you can get riser yeah. feed and stuff, but then you're gonna have like a weird gap. There, there's a little bit of, you know, other issues that come in, but you can always do well, a range top and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you, yeah, you could do a couple different heights. That would actually be the, the way to go if your yeah. house allows it. But so just to bring it back on focus one more time, um, you know, when it comes to another way of things expiring it's through wear and tear and just general use and breakdown what are your feelings about people who you give gifts and they don't use them because they don't want them to go bad 
my grandma always had a saying, it's too pretty to use. Yeah. And when she passed away, there was there was a sweater that she, it was a beautiful sweater. And we specifically put her in. We buried her in that sweater because she would never wear it because it was too pretty to use. But that was her sentiment with everything. And we're like, but grandma, you're, you're making like, the now most it's out of style. Let's get this shit out of here. <laughs> but I'm like, grandma made the most gorgeous quilts. And if we didn't use them, she would be very upset with her with us for not using those quilts. Um, at, so, but yeah. At LSU, they gave these Pendleton blankets uh, to Letterman. And so it's this big ornate, it's like a gold and real deep purple with this big LSU scene on it. And all the Letterman got it. And Kristen and I were married for 10 years and it stayed in a box in the top of a closet because I don't want it to get messed up. We can't use it. And so one day I opened it up and some beetles had like gotten in there and, and oh, chewed no. on one of the corners. And I'm like, that's it. I'm throwing the box in the trash. So now we have no other, we have to use it. So he took it to the <laughs> cleaners and, and now it's in the living room. We use it all the time. But I'm like, how silly, like you're just going to put this away from the world and then it never gets any use. Uh, I don't know. I always, I'd rather you use it and break it. And then I make you another one. Then uh, you just keep it forever. And I mean, who cares? That's not why I made it. Yeah. It's a, uh, I used to have that problem when I built boards because we're so close to DC, all these like executives would come down They have these massive offices and they wanted like a big piece of artwork. Well, a big you know, 10 foot by four foot painting is 25 grand. Yeah. Right. Right. You can get a surfboard that looks really cool for two grand and it takes up that huge wall. So there's so many of my boards that are in DC that have never been in the water, never, you know, and I'm like, man, I spent so much time to make this thing ride good. Like, sure. It looks cool, but the ride is what is important. You know, I wonder if you could have done like it hindsight's whatever, but I wonder if you could have done like an artist line and been like, look, these we're going to put oh. more attention into the finish and the appeal, but this is not a writing board. And then so like Marucci bats, you know, you can get a bat with your name on it. And what it is, is there's blanks that don't pass their wood standards to be a professional baseball bat. Right. So they sell those, you know, instead of scrapping them, they sell those as, you know, decorative pieces or whatever. Yeah. I think um, right as I was retiring, I, there was a there was a, a magazine called like Coastal Living or whatever, and they were talking about running a, a big article on us for boards that are made to hang up in beach houses. Like that's all they were for uh. art. And I was like, at the time, because I was an idiot and I was like twenty six years old, I'm like, like that nah, is so dude, offensive. I'm like, rock enough, yeah, bro. I'm like, fuck your magazine <laughs> and your fucking Gucci people that are gonna hang this board on the wall. Like now, I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> you know, of course, you know, there's 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 a lot more wisdom now looking back than there was then. But yeah. I, I hated it because I spent so much time perfecting the shape. And then, you know, but anyways, you would have had to have a different name for it. Like that was Austin boards were like the creme de la creme, best of the best made so, to be in the water. And then like the Troy boards were made to just be on the sidelines, hanging yeah. up somewhere. So I had and, it. And we actually it? had a different label that went on those. And it was okay. called the master. It was called the master craftsman series. Okay. So there, there was another surfboard builder that was like one of my rivals. And he came out with a craftsman series, which was like his top tier. So I released mine and I called it the master craftsman series. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> how petty. And, uh, and, but yeah, so like my really, really high end, like my wood boards and you know, anything that was like around four or five grand at the time, those, those got that special gold label. So, and there's only, I don't know, maybe 20 of those boards flipped around. You didn't keep like a log, a register of what you made, or so how the all, government gets you. No, all, all the bo- all <laughs> boards got serial serial numbers. Almost all of them, unless they made it out the door before, like when I forgot oh, or something. Yeah. But besides that, I did, I used to have one. I have no idea when when the shop flooded. I lost a, almost all my paperwork. Um, oh, I thought you say you lost your boards. I'm like that doesn't make I any sense. Lost at all. <laughs> two of my boards because they floated back to the oh. river, but we were able to get them back. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that sucked because it was one of my favorite boards, and I was like, "We have got to find this." So I took a kayak back there, and I found it near the dam, that near the big beaver dam back there. But um, even with the pens, we have some uh, like because I've been building t- pens for almost ten years now. I have people who write to me; they're like, "Oh, my pen quit working." 
And I was like, well, what's your order number? And I'll look it up. And I'm like, you ordered this pen in 2015. And I'm like, dude, it's a pen. Like, he's like, it's my favorite pen. I've had it. I've been on duty with this pen because it's like a police officer. He's like, it's destroyed. I've been in so many uh, hand to hand with uh, perps and, and it, and they'll send me the pen and it's like half squashed. Cause you know, it's brass casing. So you can squash right, it. Right. And it actually protects the inside sort of. Um, and, uh, and they're like, they're like, I just want you to fix it. So it works. Do not fix any, don't make it look new. Like they're so oh, they're like, yeah. and I love that. I love right. when somebody sends me a pen that like needs a little tune up or, or, you know, part replaced or whatever, because they'll like break the clip in a fight, like in a tussle with a, you know, suspect or whatever, they'll break the clip off. Cause it'll get yanked out of their pocket. And I'm like, yeah, send it to me. I'll fix it. And they're destroyed. And I'm like, this is awesome. Cause this guy is loves the pen, been carrying it every single day. You know, he's like, don't do anything. The patina is perfect. I'm like, yes, this guy's my guy. Like, le- leave the battle scars. That's what I want it to look like. That's that's good. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear feedback from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at High Caliber Craftsman, Christy is at Twisted Twine Woodworking, and Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. Thanks again, friends. Mm-hmm.